0: Coming up, Matt is muddy to assignment desk. Nothing happens. Anything of substance comes from pledge cues. We are attaching training wheels to our bikes. <gasps> All a mystery. It's crazy. Episode fifty-five is next.
1: You cannot be serious. Stop. That-
0: Konnichiwa. this is New Vocal. Shalom, this is Matt Cohen. Welcome to Big Lens Fast Shutter where we demystify the world of sports photography. And if you have forgotten it, or if you haven't, it is never too late to send a couple of bucks our way since this is a 100% user-funded audio-visual entertainment. Please go to www.patreon.com BLFS and show us how much you love us because we are here to make you a better... Sports photographer. So, off the news, Matt Cohen.
1: News. I have been on the road again this last month shooting rodeo, and I have developed a superpower. Um, and that is I can make it rain in places and at dates when it's not supposed to rain. Because every like every, well, like, you, like, every still, like, rodeo at, like, no I just clubs? I just show up and water <laughs> comes from the sky
0: not the, not the cool
1: making, no like, you know, I, I mean I, I could, could do that I guess but no uh, I have seen more rain and mud this year than combined ever before in any of shooting rodeos I've seen more rain and mud this year than all the other years combined Yeah, it's been kind of frustrating. Balanced out by the fact that I really enjoy shooting the D5s. Yes, if you have the chance, you should definitely get one. Mud, D5. I broke a rib the other day, jumping over a fence to get away from a bull. (laughs) (laughs) If you are jumping over a fence, try not to land on the top of the fence with your ribs, because you will break one.
0: Like, is it bad? Like, are you gonna like, how many days do you have to live?
1: i can breathe but it's not comfortable uh yeah it sucks
0: you're, you're such a warrior <laughs> you have to like to have the hashtag warrior thing that's what it's gonna no, the
1: hashtag is matt cohen running away from things and uh at the that's last fun, no. that's been fun. At, at the last rodeo i ran away from a horse that hip checked me into the wall uh that hurt much less than jumping over the fence and cracking my rib so yeah that's news
0: <laughs> wow he's he's so tough matt cohen <laughs> Anyway, the worst absolute absolute worst is I was going to shoot Leicester City's match that whatever happened to that match, they're gonna have the trophy presentation. Like that's basically the biggest match of the season. The agency that I used to get into all the premiership matches, for some reason, Leicester City decided to bump them for absolutely no reason, which is not no reason because we're mostly likely that of probably happened was that all the big agencies so getty afp ap reuters all these guys took up all the places they probably wanted multiple
1: like it wasn't enough to to send one person they needed to send multiples now they need like six of them
0: so they basically bumped out smaller or middle-sized agencies so i went all the way to london it's not like it's you know like it's halfway across but it's still all the way because i live in germany and like you know london is is not in canada but it's in england and i didn't get to shoot it that really pisses me off to no end it's not really fair and i've actually had a conversation with um this guy who might 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 get a job at a club being their club photographer and i said like just make it fair for everyone that you could have maximum absolute maximum two people per agency to a match doesn't matter how big the match is it should be two and everyone like everyone not everyone like i'm not talking about this guy who shoots on weekends and you know whatever like he's doing it for fun like like working professionals should be allowed to shoot a match regardless of where you know you which agency or if you're freelance you belong to and it should really be based on the quality of your work and where it's published and all that kind of stuff and not based on you know how big the company is on top of that I got rejected to the Euro. I got rejected to Champions League final, which is there's nothing, you know, nothing new. But yeah, I got to shoot a couple of Champions League semifinal games, so that's was quite fun, and that was basically it, That was my good shoots for the fact that I got to shoot all these um, Champions League uh semifinal matches. But yeah, it's, it's getting more and more difficult to get into matches if you are a freelancer, if you are if you do belong to a smaller agencies. It's a problem, and we will discuss that because kind of gets kind of linked into a bit of cross-counter this month.
1: What happened where you showed up at the wrong stadium? I'd like to hear more about that.
0: Oh, that one. I thought England versus Turkey was going to be at Old Trafford. And I was absolutely convinced for, <laughs> for some reason. Like, I I thought I'd never going to play at Etihad, you know? So I went there and, like, for, you know, weird... I mean, didn't look like there weren't that many people. There's security for some reason. It's like, oh, it must be matches going on. Like, I went over. It's like, like, this is, like, two and a half hours before the match. It's absolutely no one there. <laughs> That's strange. So I called my colleague and said, like, hey, is it at uh, Etihad and not at Old Trafford? I said, yeah, yeah, I have to go. So I went to Etihad, it was fine. I got there on time and everything as well. But <laughs> these things happen. I've actually done that a couple of times in my life. As yeah, well. I, I know. The,
1: I've never done that.
0: <laughs> um, I think I turned up once. There's a Champions League women's final in Munich. And there are two stadiums in Munich. One is Olympic Stadium and one is Alianza Arena. Allianz Arena is where... Buy and plays, and the you know the bi- basically the big matches are held obviously there because it's uh, the stadium. The Olympic Stadium is obviously built uh, when they had the Olympics in Munich, but they still use that. And I actually turned up at Arena and yeah, there wasn't a match going on. I had to go all the way to to the Olympic Stadium. Whatever, <laughs> you know, these things happen. So as long as I get to the match on time, that's it. That's basically news. And we will go on to the next segment of our show after the break where Matt will talk about all the great stuff that we do here at BLFS. So stay tuned.
1: If you're listening to this on iTunes, thank Apple and then rate us. Seriously, we need more ratings and reviews. The higher we are rated, the more popular we are. And one day, we might be featured as the top sports photography podcast. That's not really why. We want more people to find out about us and if you rate us and if you review us more people will find out uh, we'll rank higher and that's why we're doing this to try and help more people so seriously just uh, rating us takes one second and a review might take 30 seconds. Just say A good podcast, learned a lot, thanks. Uh, That's really all you have to do. And if you're not giving money to us, then you really need to be doing that and then giving money to us. If you came here looking for information on Training Ground, you are out of luck. We've moved it to YouTube and therefore you'll get to see your rewards and punishments on video. Go to youtube.com and search for big lens, fast shutter, four separate words.
0: A listener from Australia have been having an intimate conversation with Matt Cohen for the past week. And what he suggested is as follows that we should have a section for training ground for beginners, which, you know, makes sense because... um, people are different levels and they should be you know treated differently so what we are going to have in training ground from now on so basically from really from now on and you know for until when we decide not to do it anymore well yeah now on means if it works or not title of this kind of beginners beginners training ground is matt cohen
1: training wheels
0: what it is is that do we decide we're gonna like say if you're a beginner no if you consider consider yourself a beginner,
1: yeah. If you consider yourself a beginner, it, it sucks to have to put a number on it, but you know, let's certainly under a year of shooting, certainly you know under a year of listening to us. I'm thinking a little bit lower than that, but we're gonna leave it kind of in your hands. If you if you're a beginner, if you're still having trouble with figuring out settings, I guess if you haven't shot all the sports yet, things like that, then this is for you. The idea behind it, this was suggested to us by Doug from Australia is that we shouldn't be as harsh as we are on people whose greatest accomplishment up till now has been getting everything in focus and freezing the action. And we've thought about this, and we've heard about this before, and there is merit to it, it just functionally kind of turns into a disaster because then you have people trying to put pictures, people who aren't actually beginners, trying to put pictures into the beginners so that they can get a little bit of praise. And we've decided that we'll risk it for a little while and we will mock people who aren't actually beginners who try to get praise in the beginners group, just like we have when people put good pictures into training ground to try to get praise there. If you're noticing a pattern, it's none of this is should be for getting praise. It's for getting better and encouraging people who maybe don't have any kind of experience at all, who are making gains based on the things that we're saying here. So we're going to give it a shot. We will have uh, an updated tag for the people who who are going to participate in training wheels and it's not going to be a separate show it's going to be incorporated into training ground and we'll take care of that now
0: yeah because I, you know i think it's just going to be fair for more people i'm, well, I'm assuming we will be probably a lot nicer on the training wheels section because i we don't want to you know scare you away from the get-go but if we but if, let's say that like you've been on training ground for you know a couple of months then we feel that your photos are good you, we will then bump you out it's okay you're no longer allowed to shoot uh, be submitting pictures here because you should be doing on the normal training ground the advanced training ground or what do you want to call it you know i don't want like said, like i don't want you to get into this habit of sending us photos into training ground which shouldn't be there this is the entire show is about learning how to become a better sports photographer? Not showing off your work to us and say, "Look how great I am doing." You know, if that's the case, then I think you should be, you know, using maybe for instance uh, critical beatdown or getting you know more wraps on your belt, doing assignment desk a lot more, and doing that kind of stuff in a very loose way. So, all, if you are a really beginner uh, sports photographer, you will start with training wheels, and you'll go up to training ground. And you'll start participating in uh, assignment desk and then you'll get to critical beatdown and then you basically in a way graduate from Big Lens Smash Shutter. And you're basically free, you know, free to fly. That's kinda like, you know, the flow of things from now on hopefully it this has always been a show that we try to accommodate what the listeners want and what we can provide for you from this juncture we can actually see like yeah it's actually not going to be a bad you know thing for us saying that we're going to have more information on the the flickr group page and um and on facebook as well so you can start putting stuff in all right so pledge cues off we a question from uh, Sim Shodi. Could you tell me your current workflow for writing photos during games? My current workflow is shoot in RAW, ingest text photos into Photo Mechanic, caption, edit in Lightroom, export in JPEG back into Photo Mechanic, and send. I was told by my wor- I was told that my workflow sucks, and if it is speed, <laughs> oh my god! And if speed is of the essence, I should shoot in JPEG and use Photoshop Camera Raw instead of Lightroom to edit. I know Matt shoots in RAW, but do you guys use photo uh, Photoshop or Lightroom to edit? Thanks.
1: This workflow does suck. <laughs> uh, it doesn't. It really. It doesn't matter anymore if you shoot in JPEG or RAW for from a speed point of view USB 3 card readers faster computers SSDs better software all that stuff hey, not that long ago right 5 6 years ago or something like that shooting raw was a significant disadvantage everything took longer for you know rendering importing all that kind of stuff it's just not that way anymore i can believe me shoot raw and send just as many pictures as people who are shooting jpeg i do it all the time in between periods of hockey games i can get the same amount of pictures out same quality all of that as people who are shooting jpeg you just have to find a workflow that works for you looking at this what i would say to you is what's photo mechanic getting you in this situation you're not using photo. Me- photo mechanic is for if you have to import a large number of pictures at the same time and then figure out which are the good ones or not. If you are tagging in your camera, which everybody should be doing, if you're on a deadline, you should be shooting, whether it's raw or JPEG and tagging the pictures you want to send in between periods or innings or whatever in the camera. And then only importing those, which really any, you know, Aperture or Lightroom or whatever is going to be able to do. Just import only the ones that are tagged. You should have 15 or 20 and just be able to go from there. That's going to be the biggest gain that you're going to make in workflow is only importing the ones on deadline that you want to send right away. So in this situation, I don't understand what Photo Mechanic is getting you. Lightroom can do the ingesting Um, You can do all of that stuff in Lightroom. And then if you're using Photo Mechanic only for the FTP to the server, then you should just be using an FTP program. If you're on a Mac, uh, I would suggest Transmit. I don't know what it is on PCs, but when I go to shoot, I just open up a Transmit connection and leave it open. And then I do all of my editing, and then I just drag the pictures that come out of... I use Aperture. I just drag all those pictures onto the transmit window and they're away. So I don't, the into photo mechanic, export into Lightroom export, and then back into photo mechanic. This is what your problem is. You're just switching back and forth between two different softwares and you're not getting anything for it. So get yourself an FTP program. There are free ones, but I would suggest paying, especially if you are on Mac and can get transmit and then just do everything in Lightroom. Import all of the, shoot raw, import only the ones that you tag in the computer Edit them, export them into JPEGs, and then drag them into Transmit. I think this will save you more than half of the time that you're spending right now. If you can shoot JPEG, if you're shooting under, uh, you know, I can't. I I, can't. I shoot cowboys wearing cowboy hats in the broad daylight and the shadows on the faces and whatever i I can't shoot jpeg it's never gonna happen but if you can shoot jpeg and all you're doing is cropping and doing a little bit of toning or whatever then shooting jpeg either way don't keep going back and forth between photo mechanic and lightroom it's not helping and camera raw not that fast because you can't do batch stuff really just one picture at a time and and you're still going to lightroom just let lightroom do all of it it can so
0: uh that would be my answer to that it was falling asleep a bit um so all right well off to the next question (laughs) it's by (laughs) north of Tessie. where i don't know where Tessie is, but i'm sure like it's somewhere in the world it's called test the land of tessie maybe i don't know i just two questions um i have no idea if this person actually is this doug maybe it's doug isn't it that's probably doug is it maybe it's not uh i don't know yeah maybe If you're paying enough to us and you can ask, you know, whatever, like you have allocated number of questions you can ask per episode. So hopefully Doug is paying us a lot because we're going to answer two questions. If he's not paying enough, (laughs) I'll let this one slide because we have a very (laughs) strange show where we kind of taken things out because A, you didn't do your assignment desk and B, there's other things we're going to take out later on as well. So we got a bit more time to kill. Anyway, the question.
1: Yeah, this is is, this is actually
0: Doug. So he's he's fine. I want to read the whole thing. I watched four of the critical beatdown videos and they've been very helpful, thank you. I've learned quite a few things not to do. Most of what I thought I knew is incorrect, so the videos were very, very helpful, really helpful. I like to look at good sports photography so I can see good examples and study them to learn what's good. I googled Getty Sports, but only saw stock pictures. I go- that's shocking. <laughs> I googled Sports Illustrated, but many of their examples are huge stadium shots or swimming shots, etc. Have you recommend that your students should look at in order to see positive examples? Although learning from the comments regarding the bad pictures had been really helpful. Thanks for your help. So that's number one. It this is gonna really come back to the, our final section of the of this podcast but not i don't want to blow it at this point it's not easy finding good sports images in general because internet is vast you need to be looking at specific things in order to find anything for instance for critical not critical beatdown but uh, for cross-corner we always have trouble locating good photos just because we it's we don't know where to where to look you know for these things because it's just internet is very very vast and There could be that there are some great photos that's been shot past month or past year, but there's no one place where you can look for them. So what I suggest is that I think you should pick a sport that you're shooting right now, do a bit of a Google search and go to images, start with there. I know it's a crazy thing to do because if you like, you know, do football and if you, you know, click on Google and then you do images, it'll be thousands of images. Because I think what you need to find are the actual photographers who do these shoots and not the company or an agency. And usually these photographers will have a website and you can look at that website to his or her website to, you know, get more photos from that particular person who you think is good. Because obviously what?
1: Yeah, it's really it's so important because it used to be that if you had Getty after your name or you had S.I., after your name, it meant something. That means <laughs> less than nothing, right now. It means less than nothing. The days of uh, quality control, where if you had Getty after your name, that meant that you were a good photographer and that you had, you know, great pictures from every event that you covered or whatever. That used to be the case. Like it used to be, those gigs were important and hard to get or whatever. But it's not the case anymore. Like there's no imprint of media outlet that is going to lead you to good pictures anymore getty has very good photographers si hires good photographers now and then but for the most part what you're getting is um, what they pay which is nothing and you know, demanding the speed, Uh, you know, we'll get to that again, but you can't do it that way anymore. And I think that we need to do a little bit better job having some links to great photographers on our page. And I think that we'll take that on now based on this question right now, you're just going to have to do a little bit of digging. I would say that right now the best work is being done by team photographers, the guys who are hired by the team to shoot all of the team's games The reason I say that is that they're under, you know, they still need to shoot for the team's website and that gets updated during the games and everything. But those guys are under less time pressure than the guys who are shooting for the papers or the wires. They know that they're going to be shooting, if it's football, all of, you know, 16 of the games. If it's hockey, all 81 of the games or most of them and baseball, 100 and something games so that they are more willing to try things and more willing to experiment because they have the opportunity to shoot it many times, even if it doesn't work out the first time they're going to figure it out by the end of the season. So I would say go look at team websites, um, especially the ones of the sports that you're getting ready to shoot and check those out. Second to that, maybe the leagues. But then after that, I think that we are going to have to come up with a list of guys that we know to be good photographers and putting their portfolios up there and maybe giving you a more of a head start that's something that we can definitely do better and we will
0: so the next question is i'm just starting to learn about sports photography so i'm listening to each podcast from the beginning in one of the early earlier pod episodes a football soccer photographer recommended using the center focal point however in a critical beatdown youtube video of phot- a photograph was criticized for bad composition e.g not paying attention to the rule of thirds
1: no 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 uh, i point.
0: i think all right wait wait hold on i'm not done Should I try to compose properly with a camera at the risk of missing shots because I'm changing the focal points or should I shoot using the center focal point and fix the composition in Lightroom?
1: Okay, let's, let's, let's start out with the rule of thirds. The rule of thirds is true and it is a rule, but it doesn't mean that you have to follow it every time and it doesn't mean that a picture that is simply hewing to the rule of thirds is better than one that isn't. So let's let's get that out of the way right now. A rule of thirds picture does not automatically clear any kind of hurdles at all. It's just when it's super obvious that it's in the middle and it's not that interesting of a picture, the rule of thirds might help you a, a tiny little bit, but it's not gonna make or break a picture good composition is good composition bad composition is bad composition and it's not something that you can say all these pictures that do this are good and all these pictures that don't are bad that's not how it works this is and i don't think we've ever i know that i've never said that that was the case so don't
0: that's something that you use. i would never say that's so probably something you probably say.
1: believe me i never said a picture was bad because it didn't adhere to the rule of thirds it didn't happen
0: maybe I
1: <laughs> anyway um I, it, no and as far as the focus point goes um it depends on what you're shooting it really it depends let's say you're shooting baseball if you're shooting the center and you're shooting the batter getting ready to bat if you're shooting the center focal point on him maybe you're cutting off catcher at a, you know at a bad angle or something like that and you don't want to do that so that would be a situation where you would move off of the center and you kind of just use w- whichever one was giving you the best uh, shot. If you were just going for the hitter, that's one thing. Um, If you were trying to get both of them in there, that's another thing. There's nothing special about the center one other than what else is going on in the frame and whether or not you want it in there or not in there. There are plenty of times where using the one on the side will aid in your composition. You can't fix composition later. You can change how the picture looks, in Lightroom, but the composition is the composition that, you know, that, that you saw while you were taking the picture. So I wouldn't depend on software to fix it. I would compose carefully. Just a good example is when I shoot calf roping and I know that the rider is coming at me and is going to jump off the horse on his right and on my left. And since the cowboy is the most important part of it, then I'm going to choose one of the focal points on the left side of my camera because I know that's where the cowboy is going to be. So take that and apply that to whatever you're shooting and figure out, you know, what's what's helping my actual composition and what's not and you know, yes, you can change things in Lightroom, but it's it doesn't have anything to do with the composition.
0: So for what I do, is that I, I rarely use the center because I feel like then I have to put everything in the middle. So I usually move the, the, the cursor thing all the way to the left or all the way to the right. Because that then forces me to actually like create composition that is not going to be a center one. You know what I mean? So basically you're focusing on the left or the right, far left or the far right uh, cursors. So whatever the subject that you're focusing on will be on the far right or far left. I've been doing this for, I don't know, God knows how long. And it does kind of help me because it does kind of create the type of images that I want to create. I do, I sw- I do switch back and forth because I, I feel like, okay, right now I'm going to, the play is happening in this area. I'm going to try to go to, I'm going to actually like, I don't know. Let's say that I got, the guy who's got the ball is going towards the goal. And I want a shot. Basically of an empty completely empty space on the right and the action happening on the basically the left uh left half of the image, then I just I just basically stick the cursor all the way to the left and fold the entire action that way because that way there's a higher possibility of actually getting me getting that particular type of photo and same goes to right as well so if you want to really kind of force you yourself to make composition in that way, I would just basically use the right or the left so you're kind of forced into you you know basically putting your main subject on the far left or far right um you can do the same thing for uh, portrait you know as well so basically like you know the 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 taller way okay so we're doing landscape and portrait so portrait mode same thing you can actually put the cursor all the way to the top or all the way to the bottom so that then kind of forces things to happen in a way that you would not it wouldn't be possible if the cursor is in the middle so try different ways this is it also is a bit of a tasting as well with these things like this is kind of how you as a creative sports photographer kind of you know start thinking like what works for me what doesn't work for me because all these things that we actually tell you let it be a master class or let it be a training ground or whatever does not fit for everyone you have to kind of like you know you get the information you kind of have to digest it and come up with your own shit you know what i mean it's like a, like your what we say is not like god's words close but not really so next one Kevin Sosa has been very successful lately. Uh, this question is stadium photos. I have a general idea of what stadium photos should look like, but I would like to know what aperture works best when not using a tri- tripod. Oh. Also, where do you set your focus point? Middle of the field or close subject? Any other general tips would be great. Stadium photo? Come on.
1: If this was, if, if this was anybody but Kevin, you would oh. be getting a very hard on right now. Uh this isn't sports photography, uh, you know. I hate to say it, is nothing whatsoever to do with what we do here. This is landscape photography, this is real estate photography.
0: Real estate photography.
1: It is. Um <laughs> The Yeah, the best aperture that works is the one that allows you to get a shutter speed that's more than one over acts of what your focal length is. So, you know, uh duh. Uh, yeah. The, if you're asking me which one I would use if I was shooting a stadium uh five six, you know, get enough of the stadium in focus and it would be in the sharp part of the lens and
0: no. The, this. No. Yeah. Kevin. <laughs> no. Don't 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 set shit question. This, this not that's not can No, this is a no no. Alright, we're gonna move to the next one. Some Tom How do you balance being creative with pressure of trying to select, caption, edit, uh, FTP images while play is happening? I've been shooting for an agency lately and I find it difficult to get more than the standard action stuff as I'm under pressure to get images into a picture desk ASAP.
1: What pressure? You said pressure twice in this question. What pressure are you talking about? Maybe
0: he's cooking something on the side and has to finish before it happens? No,
1: the the only pressure that you have here is the one that you're putting on yourself. You say you're shooting for an agency, so I'm going to assume that you're not being paid to be there. You know, pressure is the guy who's shooting for the AP who literally has his phone blowing up because his picture desk editor wants the pictures right away. But I don't think that's the situation that you're in right now. The pressure is game goes into overtime and the newspaper photographer has a 10 p.m. deadline and it's 10.15, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, but ma Huang... I think what I'm I, I'm what I'm kinda of getting from this question is that I think the pressure meaning like trying to basically do all the editing stuff whilst the play is happening. Right, but it's still mm-hmm. it all comes I think that's because I think if you're not used to that kind of like way of doing things.
1: Comes back to who's putting the pressure on you and what kind of pressure is it and what happens if you pretend that the pressure isn't there because you just thought of it, you're the one that made up the pressure in the first place.
0: I mean, I understand what he's trying to say because I think if you're not used to that particular kind of workflow, you're quite caught up in trying to get the shots that the agency wants. And what he's saying is that when do you then get, you got all the stock images that you want to get, or you're trying to get the stock images you want to get, and when do you actually have time to do the creative stuff? And then that is something that you have to work on because I did quite a lot. When um, I had to shoot Celtic for a couple of years, you know, that was something that was like I I really had to get all the stock images done first, and then have time uh, for myself to do the stuff that I want to do. So
1: well, we've 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 talked about that before.
0: We did. We, hit, we so did, we did. We did.
1: But what I want to know is, you know, what is the actual pressure? You know, if it's a workflow pressure, if your workflow isn't working for you, then simplify it wherever you can we talked about this a little bit in the other question but yeah i think that's what it is use the fewest
0: He can make a better
1: workflow well use the fewest amount of software possible use as few steps as possible use code replacement to you know so that you're not sitting there typing everything i we had jason watson on here A while back, he runs codereplacements.com. It's a subscription service, but you can get lineups for teams in all of the major sports and a lot of minor sports. And so you're only doing, you know, I use this for everything. You're only doing a couple keystrokes for everything. You know, that's important. Selecting the camera so that you're not importing more than you need to be. Editing, get the exposure and the color right in the camera so that you're, you know, really the, the goal should be i don't know a crop and a contrast adjustment or you know some highlights and shadows or something like that but you really shouldn't be doing a whole lot of editing while the play is happening ftp like i said i've never used photo mechanic to upload anything because you know it's hidden behind menus and if you have a standalone ftp app like transmit if you're on a mac you just leave the window open and you just drag stuff into it yes this could very well be a workflow situation but workflow is under your purview if you're the photographer you need to figure out what works best and fastest for you and then get that done but you know i reject the notion of being under pressure if you're shooting for an agency i just do
0: yeah, but I, I Matt, I honestly think this is just a workflow thing, and I think he just wants to know like when you can kind of like get the whole creative things done. From what I understand, it's, it's you have your job, which is to do stock stuff. You do the stock stuff. When you're done with all the stock stuff, then you can do, you do your creative stuff. that's basically how it works.
1: I've been shooting for agencies on and off the whole time I've been doing this. nine years. Never once has anybody said you didn't get this to me fast enough never once has anybody said uh there's too many creative pictures here and not enough stock pictures here i it doesn't happen when somebody's not paying you directly for your pictures they get less say in what's going on and as long as at the end of the day you are getting them pictures during the game and you are doing good work they're not going to get rid of you you know i just i reject the whole thing you know the sort your workflow out create more time shooting and less time editing and you'll have created more time for yourself to do creative pictures.
0: So this is by Stelio. I've started working on your latest assignment short lens combined with last month's details, but I'm having trouble getting interesting results. The shortest lens I have is a kit 17 to 55 millimeter, which is fine. And I haven't had much success with the autofocus on moving or unpredictable targets as they get as close as I dare without being in a way or in danger. If I get close and try to capture a detail of something that isn't moving, I seem to lose context. Can you tell the subject is sports related at all? Is anything happening? If I try to include more context, the subject gets lost. Any advice on how to strike an effective balance? Thanks in advance.
1: Well, I, the key here is kit seventeen to fifty-five. Problem with that is that you're giving up. You're giving up the the advantage if all you know if you're shooting a wide lens, but you're shooting on a higher aperture, you're, you're giving up a lot of the advantage. Part of this is that you know, if you go back and listen to episode 54, we're talking about removing distracting backgrounds. And that is the first thing that, that we're doing, like not shooting. A 70 to 200 from all the way across the arena on something where the background is really close where everything is going to be in focus what you're trying to do is remove that background so shooting with a kit lens that has a higher aperture even at a wide angle is going to have more stuff in the background and I think that's why you're not getting the interesting results because they just end up looking like snapshots camera phone pictures at that point and that's not your fault that's your gears fault but you bought the gear so it is your fault
0: um <laughs> or maybe doesn't have the money matt you know
1: well that that's fine but but then you still have then you have to figure out a way to have more of even more of a clear background than what you would have um you know so that mm. so you can get that the background stuff to be out of focus
0: yeah but i kind of think like this like i'm assuming 7055, so it's gonna be like 24 millimeter no on full frame it really comes with practice and if you are trying to be very very low to the ground and do a wide shot i think it really is a matter of you taking a lot of pictures i understand the whole f-stop thing being higher for kit lenses because probably like what 3.5 or 5.6 or whatever like it's quite high but i honestly think it's you are probably expecting everything to be quite easy on this one it's not because anything like if you shoot very low and if you shoot very, very wide and if you shoot very, very close, you have to either A, kind of guess very like very accurately how close the subject will be because it's unpredictable movement, blah, 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 all these things. It's not very easy to do. And if you're not looking, like if it's that low on the ground, if you're not even looking through the viewfinder, you really have to be a very good guesser at where the action is going to take place, what where it's going to happen, where the focus should be. So, the only thing I can basically say is that if you can basically predict to a good degree, like where the action is going to happen, basically where the main subject is going to be, put the focus there and just wait until they come into that area and you take a shot, and that should be it. But it's not, this is a bit rocket science. Like, this is not a very easy thing to do. Um, you can start pressing the autofocus button when the subject comes into your frame, but that might not be fast enough. Because if you're not looking through the uh, the viewfinder, you don't know we know exactly where things are. So I'd say suffer and try harder. I think you have to just keep on going and see how it, what happens. And assignment desk really is for that kind of stuff. That we're not there to basically criticize your effort. Well, we at a certain point, I think for certain people, we probably will criticize your effort because you think we will probably say it's not good enough that you didn't actually put any effort into this. But for most people, if you put effort into it, we will discuss your pictures as is like what you've accomplished with given what, you know, what you had, you know, basically equipment wise or situation wise to do. So keep on practicing, get close, get low and just kind of, you know,
1: we're getting the, the last part of the question, the the context versus you know knowing what it is that certainly takes care of, you know, will be taken care of by doing it more often, but I would say always the advice is going to be get as close as you can and then back up as needed. So if you can get very close to something that's non-action and you're losing the context and you can't tell that it's sporting, then, you know, first of all, you want to look around and say, okay, well, given my distance from this, what if I recompose three inches to the right or something like that, will that bring in more context? And then, you know, look for just a different angle from the same position. And then if you can't get it from there, then start backing up until you you strike the right balance between uh, being close and getting context. But there's not, you know, there's nothing that we can say that like, oh, this is what's going to strike that balance. You're the one that's standing there with the camera and the subject. You have to do that. So it's just a matter of, experience and figuring out what the look is that you're going for
0: and that basically wraps up our prolonged pledge cues um if you thought about asking us questions, if you haven't had a chance to there's a way to do it go to patreon.com uh slash blfs and that will and if you give us 10 dollars a month um it will get you privileged to ask us a question per episode so one question per month except for a uh, north of Tessie person who actually did that twice, but that's just kind of a regular thing, so unless you're paying a lot more. But if you want to get more details on that one, go to patreon.com slash BLFS. That's the end of Pledge queues Thanks. We give you an assignment and you show us if you've been listening and you haven't, obviously, this month. Don't doze off and show us that you've been an attentive student or a bad one. I have to admit, this month, it's half my fault. Um, As you can probably, well, you probably surmise from how late the podcast came out. The podcast was done. I, for some reason, completely forgot to post it. So the time I, I posted a podcast... We, we had about like a week and a half to do the assignment desk. At the point we're recording right now, we have at zero. It's, it is it is it is my fault. To a degree. Saying that, we should have at least one. It This one, by the way, this podcast is a bit of a fluid podcast because we have a lot of things that we want to kind of add. And there are things that we just didn't work out this month. So we're going to subtract. But uh, rest assured, it's going to be a good one. Assignment desk, exactly the same thing, so you have to go wide and close to your subject and hopefully you're going to get something interesting and that will basically roll over to what? Next month. Which is the same thing. So mass class is exactly the same thing, we're not going to talk about anything else besides the fact that we talked about what we require of you from assignment desk which is wide and close.
1: Yeah. So if you're just coming to us now and you're wondering what the hell we're talking about, go back and listen to episode 54, where we talk about uh, the importance of getting close to what you're shooting and not sitting back at the edges and using a long lens. Um, That's the assignment desk for this month. And so we're just going to roll that over to next month.
0: Yeah. And that's it for assignment desk and masterclass. If it's the first time you've been listening to the show, we have a service for you that might be beneficial, you know, for you and your family and your loved ones. What it is, is that both Matt and I will critique your portfolio up to 15 photos for merely $100. And we will record it on a video on YouTube. And you can listen and watch. It will be about an hour long, give or take and it'll be a very thorough critique of your portfolio. You can wish to have that made public, or you can wish to make it private. So if it's private, no one else will see besides you, and us, because we've recorded it. If it's public, everyone can get to see it. So that is called Critical Beatdown, and it's 100 US dollars. If you're interested in this particular product, please contact us via Facebook, or our website, biglensfastshadow.com. And that is it. I just have to put that down because, um, you know, we have to put these things down because uh, otherwise our producer gets very angry at it. So that is Critical Beatdown. Uh, contact us through Facebook or contact us through Flickr.com, the group page, or I guess like our website, you know, big biglizansfasher.com, which I kind of said that before anyway. All right, that's it. I think we only say bad
1: things about sports photography. You say we got no soul. Uh well, you might be right. <laughs> we're, we're gonna prove you either right or wrong with
0: No Cross Counter Today
1: Uh, it is time to hold your fellow sports photographers' hands as we tell you why sports photography is in the toilet right now.
0: Since we're so prepared every single podcast, Matt and I have like, you know, pre podcast meeting, which is basically basically a chit chat of like what's going on in our lives as well as like what we should do for cross counter usually it's either matt well it's usually more matt than i who comes up with you know the the places like look for the uh, actual photos that we can praise and criticize on cross counter but this time we both basically came up with nothing this is just kind of like a brief thing that like matt kind of want to say and i kind of want to say it's not the end of cross-counter like i think it will happen that we will have basically nothing to talk about because there really simply isn't anything to talk about
1: i think that in the process of kind of trying to help doug with being able to look at better sports photography i think we're going to try to build up a little bit of a stock of pictures that we can use for cross-counter because it's valuable it is yeah, For me, negative reinforcement is always better, but I understand that for some people, seeing something that's good and maybe trying to incorporate some of that is better for them. Um, And so I think it's valuable and I I still want to do this. But you know, I'm online a lot, I read a lot, I follow some photographers on Twitter, and I have many, many Facebook friends, professional photographers. I just haven't seen anything that I really liked in the last month. That's not to say that they suck, it's really What it comes down to is, and we've seen this, uh, we touched on this in the episode that we recorded around the time of the Winter Olympics last year, where Getty was basically building their own communications network through all the venues so that they could have all their pictures in 30 seconds. This is bad for photography. Like the, The trend for getting these pictures out within seconds is bad for photography. And it takes the creative drive out of it and it turns photographers into robots and I'm sure that's where this is going but I'm not going to sit here and bang my hand on the table and say all photographers are artists and there's no place for business and all of this because you know I don't even know if I'm an artist and this is a business for me at some point there needs to be good pictures and I'm just not seeing them on a regular basis and even the good pictures that i'm seeing are you know i have friends who are shooting over the goal hockey remotes i have friends who are shooting over the basket remotes and for the nba playoffs and you know they're nice and everything but there's really not that much to learn from them because what are you doing you're putting a a remote up and you're shooting the play and the remote is catching the shutter from that so That's not the these are literally the only good pictures that I've seen over the last month and you know They're not good enough for us to really talk about. So like I said, we're gonna do some research and pull together some links of people that we think are good and Provide links on our website so that you can check that kind of stuff regularly and hopefully in the process we will be able to build up a little stock of stuff that we can use for cross counter but there is no pictures
0: for cross counter this month. That's about it. I I think it's it's yeah it is really you know more and more of um, teams or tournaments have exclusive rights usually with Getty, and we're only gonna see stuff from one company. So, it's a bit of um, news control by Getty that they want to do. I think they want to kind of get into like news anyway, like you know MSNBC and CNN and that kind of stuff in the future because that's they want to be like de facto you know news slash photo agency so they can kind of like control the flow of information that's kind of how it goes you know with these things yes we will try to look for better f- photographs and photographers in the course of the next couple of months so you can you know have a better kind of discussion with cross counter we might we might actually like get choose to kind of focus on a person a photographer rather than actually trying to find you know something out of basically nothing which is a sea of you know getty and afp and all the matrix he That doesn't really do anything that is the end of cross counter five, six, five, six, and with that we end the 55th episode of big lens fast shutter can't do this without you my beautiful listeners and obviously rob with two b's even if you're not as evil as matt cohen please go to our facebook page and like us Better yet, do that and subscribe to our blog at BigLensFastShutter.com so that you won't miss any and any of our latest and greatest hits. And if you love us even more, please rate this podcast on iTunes. And obviously, if you have that dollar in your pocket, please go to Patreon.com slash BLFS. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash BLFS. To recap, Facebook, blog, iTunes, Patreon.com. Prince, repeat, love us more. See you next month.